Welcome to The Well, a segment of the North River Podcast, a place for women of all ages to gather and grow as we walk through our journeys of faith. Whether you're new to your devotion to Jesus or watching the legacy of a lifetime of faith unfold, we pray you find truth, laughter, and community here at The Well. Hello, welcome back to The Well. Grateful to be back on the podcast. How are you doing today, Enid? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. No complaints here. It's February 1st on the day that we're recording, and that's just crazy to me. It is crazy. Like, where did January go? Crazy. I don't know. (laughs) Where did it go? So, everyone, thanks so much for joining us back here on The Well again. You know, in the last few weeks, we've gotten more feedback than um, than I think we really ever have. And mm-hmm. it's so encouraging just to hear all the responses from all over and women sharing what these episodes have meant to them. And we always want to take a, a, a minute just to say thank you. Seriously, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join us and express what you're getting out of the podcast. It means so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it truly is an answer prayer. You know, when we started this, our hope was that we could be a vessel um, to meet the needs and touch the hearts of listeners. And it seems to be like God is using using this space to make that happen. So that's a huge answered prayer. We're excited to kick off, but I don't know, I guess I can call it season two yeah. of The Well, um, as this is our February recording for our second year of the, ep- the episodes. And um, as most of you are probably seeing or experiencing, whether you like it or not, it's February. So mm. the last week or so, or really the last month, whenever you walk into a store, there's a whole section that is what ain't it pink and red <laughs> valentine's day sections yeah. everywhere i look yes it's almost like on december 29th they're like and valentine's day. <laughs> <laughs> there's no going back so whether you are in full-blown galentine's day preparation mode or if you're looking forward to a special date with someone or secretly wish you can burn down the entire valentine's day section <laughs> we can all kind of agree that we at our core want to um, and kind of in, in just by the nature of who we are and how we're created, we desire to, um, whether we can admit it or not, we want to experience healthy, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And that's what today's episode is going to be about, about the reality that God's love is always closer than we think and more powerful and fulfilling than any other version of love we can find anywhere else. That's right. And today we have someone with us who... We love and respect, and as LaToya and I were discussing who would be great at diving into Christ's love for this episode, we immediately thought of this young woman. Welcome to the well, Bree Shaw. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm a regular listener of the well, and most times I listen, I think, it sounds really fun in there, (laughs) and I really want to be in one of those conversations one day. It sounds like a blast, so grateful to be here. Uh, Now you are. So, just so everyone knows a little bit about Bree, Bree Schaff leads the youth and family ministry at North River Church in Atlanta, alongside her husband of five years. Can't believe it's been five years. Five years, Nick. They have a spunky two-year-old daughter who loves to passionately lip sync and is currently obsessed with mountain lions. (laughs) Bree's greatest passion is remaining rooted in God's love and helping others to do the same. When she's alone, you'll likely find her in the woods hugging trees, reading a good fantasy book, or browsing Airbnb homes for fun. Accurate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not a joke. The no, hugging trees not. thing is not a joke. No, it's not. It's it's totally not. <laughs> Bree is the type to you'll find her on a hike. Like if you're on a hike and you run into her, she may not have shoes on and she may have found a leaf that she's like, When I saw this, God just <laughs> God spoke to me. It just is so Yeah, I it's funny and those are all very accurate. I've always loved and adored and really respected how you're able to find Jesus in like any situation and be curious about his heart in almost any situations. It made me think of, we had a, um, a staff celebration at the end of one of these years. I don't know, we've been on staff together here at the church for a while. But one of the prompt questions was, if you could meet Jesus and ask him any question, what would you ask him? So we're going around the loop and you know, people, women are sharing different things they would ask. And then we get to Brienne and Brie goes, <laughs> she drops the mic, she's like, I would ask him, what do you want me to ask you? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I think that's the right answer. Like, like she's so sincere. It was a sincere, like, I don't like, wh- let me just, I think your starting point is always Jesus. Mm. Like your starting point is where's Jesus? How do I find Jesus? What is Jesus thinking? What is Jesus feeling? How, like just start with him. And so the mm. fact that other people were like asking some deep questions, some silly questions, and you were like, I want to know what he wants me to ask. I was like, uh, and there and there she is <laughs> in all her glory. Um, but I, I, I love how a portion of being loved is being known and knowing God. And so I think we're going to get into that a little bit today. But before we do, we typically kind of have a little chat before we get into our topic. So I wanted to ask a question. What would you all say is one of your favorite moments where you can remember feeling and experiencing God's love mm. um and your, what was that like what happened mm. like I don't know and why was it special mm-hmm. yeah I will share about a moment from a while ago actually it was like over 10 years ago um but I was in a season of really wrestling in my faith and if I could make it simple to sum up where I was at I honestly I secretly hated myself and believed that God felt the same way that's mm. kind of what was going on internally I was totally reading, praying, involved in church, Mm -hmm. doing all the things. Um, But inside, I lived in guilt. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just, I I felt heavy with him. I was in this season of like, I felt like it was a knot in my stomach every time I was with him. Um, And so it was during that time, uh, one afternoon, it was it was a summertime and I had some time alone to go pray. And I'm feeling all those things, feeling really heavy. And I, um, I was in this place alone where I was able to really talk out loud. And so at one point, I just, in all my fears and feelings, I just was like, God, what do you want from me? Like something along those lines. I kind of shouted it out. And I heard this word come up in my mind that was loud and clear as a bell. And I heard it a few times. And um, I feel like sometimes, you know, Jesus talks about how the spirit will bring up He'll remind us of things that he taught us. And I feel like it was one of those moments where God was like, I'm bringing up a truth from inside you that's buried that I'm going to shove it in your face until you pay attention to it. And it was this word daughter. Like the word daughter was Mm -hmm. so loud in my mind. And I stopped and I got pretty emotional. And I think what I felt was like, all right, in all my feelings, if God, if what you feel towards me is you're my kid and I love you, you're my daughter it almost like immediately painted all the things I had been insecure about with grace. Mm. And I felt his gentleness towards me and felt him like a dad really patiently being like, we're in this together. You're my daughter. That's what I want from you. And that was a really important moment for me. Mm. That's special. Oh, wow. 
I'm going to cry. <laughs> that's, that's cool. So for me, um, there was a time when my ex-husband wanted us to leave New York City. And I loved that city. It was where I became a Christian. And I, I really didn't want to go. But <clears throat> he wanted us to move. And I really wanted to give the marriage kind of, honestly, it was like a last shot. And so we're driving all the way down from New York City to Fort Lauderdale in a U-Haul and it's raining it's miserable and I'm just thinking like what is in store for me and then right there's this anyone who's driven down I-95 knows this but there's this big sign that says Fort Lauderdale next eight exits and right over that sign was a huge rainbow like a huge rainbow and and the sun came out and it stopped raining and I was just like it's gonna be okay mm. everything's gonna be okay and from that moment on the rainbow is always my thing with mm. God and it's come out so many times when I've needed it there's just a rainbow and um, recently my grandmother uh, passed and it was super super hard and God just gave me a double rainbow wow. just Aww. like the next day a double rainbow and I just felt he was like I got you. I mm -hmm. see you, and it's going to be okay. Wow. wow. I love that. It's also cool to see how those moments happen, not, you know, grand crowd or, you know, it's like it's you. It's intimate. It's you mm. and God in your mind and your heart. For me, um, oddly enough, the, the first thing I thought of was March of 2020, and we were all there, so it doesn't sound like a good start, but it, <laughs> uh, we were, me and my husband were on our anniversary trip, and we were, we were, uh, finding out through text messages from back home that things were getting crazy. Things were shutting down. I got a message like, stop at the store for bread because there's no bread up here in the store. Like, I, and you know, my anxiety is just like, what? At this point, I had like a one-year-old, you know, like I'm just like, what is going on? And so it's our last morning and we're in Rosemary Beach, Florida. It's our last morning and um, I don't like walking on the beach. I really sincerely enjoy like stillness when I'm at the beach. So my husband Jordan was on a prayer walk. I was sitting down and I was reading Psalm 8. And part of um, Psalm 8 talks about like, what is mankind that you are mindful of us as, as my anxiety is kind of like peeling and starting to really take ownership of like, I'm about to go back to Atlanta. And it and it sounds like it's crazy up there. Um, so I was just preparing my heart. And um, he's, he's the scripture is talking about what is mankind that you are mindful of us? And it says, you you made them rulers over, this is Psalm 8, you made the rulers over the works of your hand. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So I'm sitting mm -hmm. on the beach reading the scripture that references how the Lord has made people like D like to have dominion over this world and to be able to have a space that's very unique and special. And I look up from reading this and about 30 yards off, I see about three or four dolphins, like just wow. taking their time, breaching over and over. And I'm just like, oh. and I lo like dolphins are my favorite like animal. Like I'm obsessed with dolphins. And so it felt like, you know, we're, the, this, oh, this is an ocean. <laughs> like this place is huge. These dolphins could be anywhere. I could be any, I could have been reading any scripture, you know, like the mm. fact that I'm reading this passage about the majesty of God and how he's like, I'm mindful of you. 
and mm-hmm. I'm sitting on this beach, and dolphins just start meandering mm-hmm. in, the, in like you know thirty yards offshore, and people are stopping and looking, and and they're right in front of me, like they're not even like adjacent, you know, they're in front of me, and they stay there for a second, and I'm like, it felt like a perfectly packaged, personally wrapped. I see you, I'm mindful of you, I'm with you, and like nature is reminding me of that. So it just felt like a really personal, delivered gift mm. from like wild animals. You can't plan that, you know, mm-hmm. no one could have sent them, <laughs> you know, like it just was a sweet, sweet gift. I thought, that, I thought of that. I love that. It's so clear that God sees our hearts mm. right in the moment, exactly mm. what we need. and. Speaking of heart, um, um, I'm studying the Bible with a woman who that is her thing between her and God is Mm -hmm. a heart. And she pulled out her phone and just scrolled and showed me like heart after heart where she stepped out her door and there's a leaf that looks like a heart or there's a stain on an old wooden table. It looks like a heart. I mean, just like she's like, God is communicating with me. And uh, I'm like, he sure is. He sure (laughs) is. So as we dive into this episode regarding God's love for us, Brie, if we asked you what God's love is not, what would you say? Because so often we define love by things that may not actually be what God would call love, right? So before we discuss authentic love, what would you say is an unreal version of love we can seek out from God? Mm, Such a great question. Um, My first thought is that God's love is not a feeling. Mm. It's not dependent on our feelings. I think often we connect being loved with feeling loved and a lot like gravity, right? Gravity affects all of our lives, whether we believe in it or not, or whether we feel it or not. Um, And it's, it's, that's how God's love is, right? He loves us. I mean, that's, it's unimaginable to him to not love us. Mm. Um, and it is real and it is here with us, whether we believe it or feel it or not. Um, I think a lot of times, even when we're going through hard things, obviously it doesn't feel like love. And um, now being a parent, sometimes I wonder how silly it would be if someone said, hey, your two-year-old, I saw her fall or you didn't give her what she wanted or you said no to her the other day. So like, why don't you love her? <laughs> I'd be like, well, that's silly. Like, Hardship and being loved is not mutually exclusive. Um, And so I think, yeah, that would be my answer is that God's love is not dependent on our feelings. Mm. Mm. That's huge. And I think it's so opposite of what we're saturated with in the world, whether it be what we see on TV or movies or the song lyrics or whatever. It can be very, the scale of what love is can be very rooted in how we feel. Um, and so it's so important to go back to the scriptures to see, okay, God, what would you say love is? And I, I love that example. Like no one would ever assume you don't love your child because they're sick or had a bad day. But yet we can go like, I know I can, I can go like that with God of like, wow, it's been a hard season. God, do you love me? And mm-hmm. how you, how you reference, like that has nothing to do with my, my love for you. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, just thinking of Enid's question of what is God's love is not, I think, I can joke about this a lot, but I think at my core, I want it to be easy. I want life Mm. to be easy. I want love to mean like, oh, if you love me, then you remove all hardship. Like then you remove all discomfort and you say yes to everything. And obviously as a mother, I'm like, okay, that it's not healthy. (laughs) It's not beneficial. That actually isn't loving. Um, But it's a journey. It's a journey to truly adopt 
a different perspective and keep it. And I'm curious, Bree, what has that journey been like for you, like trying to consistently make the scale heavier on the side of truth than, you know, I think about faith has like being confident in what we do not see. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we don't, we see what the world is saying love is and it can be easy to be confident in that. But what, what, what practicals or habits or rhythms or whatever, um, what are some things that you've done in your journey to try to make sure you're staying rooted in God's definition of love above all else? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been a journey that, of course, I'm still on, as we all are. Um, but as I alluded to, I, I remember seasons of my life where I felt like all I experienced with God was guilt and was heaviness. And assuming that he was only disappointed in me and I needed to get right with him. And um, and it's it's been special to even think about how far I've come in the journey, uh, thinking back on that time, because I've honestly forgotten how miserable it was. And that's not my experience now. I feel like now I, um, I enjoy God. I felt like enjoying God was far away. Um, but I really enjoy him now and obviously looking forward to always growing in it. But the other day I was reading in Luke and it's that moment when Jesus is talking to Peter, James, and John. He says, hey, go let down your nets. And they were like, well, we've been doing it all night, but sure. And mm-hmm. um, and they do it, and all the fish come in. And Peter's first response is to fall on his knees before Jesus and say, get away from me. I'm sinful. And it's like his first response was like, we need to put distance between us because it's not right for you to be close to me. And Jesus' words back to him were, don't be afraid. And I was reading it and wondering, like, what did Jesus know Peter was afraid of? And it hit me like, aren't I also often really afraid of God being near me? Like, I want it, but I am afraid of his love, like fully all of me, him being close to me. And it feels like an instinct to put distance between us. Um, Even while remaining close to him, you know, air quotes, it's like there are parts of my heart that I don't trust him to love me through fully um and that really it struck me that that was like one of jesus's first conversations with peter because it's like hey we're about to go through a lot you know we know in hindsight they had a whole journey ahead and jesus was like let's go ahead and let's start on this right here don't be afraid don't be afraid of me being close to you um that really that really hit me um and i think for me learning to kind of believe God's love for me is like a mind training exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I have to practice mind training often. Um, You know, there's there's this part of our brain called the reticular activating system, if you guys have heard of it. Um, And it's that part of our brain that basically seeks out information to validate beliefs that we already have. Mm. And we can totally use it to our advantage. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrifying. And empowering, right? Uh, it's it's why, like, if you're ever shopping for, like, a car, you start noticing those cars everywhere, right? You're like, oh, Toyota, 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 yeah, right? That's right. your reticular activating system at work. And um, the cool thing is we can influence it. We have power mm-hmm. over it. And so basically what we think about grows, right? The way I've heard it said is where you, you steer, where you stare. Um, you know, what you focus on grows. And so something that I have started practicing doing in the last several years that genuinely has like impacted my whole worldview and it's simple and it's small but um it's made a huge difference is uh writing down like physically writing down ways that god has been for me or with me 
sometimes I'm thinking back through like my life and my childhood and ways he's protected me or you know provided for me um, sometimes just in the last week or the last day like literally writing down God where did I see you loving me because then I start finding more of it oh. and I start realizing actually it's everywhere um, so that's that's a practice that it might sound fluffy, but that practice has no, changed it, my life. Power, it sounds powerful. It's mind training. It sounds intentional. Yeah, is what it sounds like. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to be something that you just kind of fall into. Thought you know, it's like no, you you have to be intentional mm-hmm. about it. How about that? Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah, I think some some practicals that have helped me um, really just journaling thoughts and feelings and everything, journaling goals, journaling my heart. And then going back and really taking the time to read those and seeing, wow, wow, God, you've really brought me so far. You real and knowing it's God, it's not me, it's God. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a there's a lot of joy in the freedom of connecting with God in whichever way I might need to that day. I sometimes I just need to move. I I just can't sit still. I need to move. I so I go on a prayer walk or even a prayer run and. There's other times that I just really need to look at nature while I'm connecting with God. So maybe I'll sit on my front steps or go out on my deck or intentionally drive to a local park. Um, But when we really learn to see God's daily expression of love in our lives, it makes a difference. How would you all say that you can see the difference in your own lives when you're living loved by God versus looking for it elsewhere? Mm. Yeah, that's deep. That's deep. I think, you know, it's interesting for me, my rhythms have just had to change, right? Like as your life stage changes Mm. from, you know, marriage to children to all these things. I think that um, I have seen in myself that when I am not kind of like some of those habits you said, like going in nature, having that time to journal, when I am not consistent in that, it is so much more, I'm way more likely to put weight on the physical world to love me and so Mm. there's a lot of pressure that I can put on my husband to be like you have to fulfill me in this way or I put on my friends or I can get really insecure like so and so hasn't texted me and I text them all the time you know like those things can start to pile up but what's really cool and what I what I really am grateful for God's grace is that a little bit of Jesus goes a long way and so even if I'm in a season where it's like, okay, I, I really need to get rerooted, there are certain things that like, you know how if you are if you have a gas stove and it, it's like clicking but not coming on mm. and you're trying but it's not working and all you do is put a, like a lighter on it and it's like, oh, it's back, you know? Like it feel, it's so cool to, to see how it doesn't take much to reignite that, right? Like, and so mm. I think of, I love my Bible. Like I love reading my Bible. One of the things I was thinking about is Luke 15 and how, just that I can be the prodigal son walking home with the negative narrative and the father was like, I didn't hear any of that. Let's have a party. Like it just feels like he's immediately like, welcome back, whether yeah. it's been two days or two weeks or months or years, you know, like welcome back. Let's get, let's jump back, back in in celebration of you. Um, and so for me, when I read, honestly, again, like could sound great, like fluffy, whatever, but when I read the Bible, it is like soul healing and satisfying it's real it like I love reading my bible I love things like watching the chosen you know I'm I love just an episode of the chosen and I'm like Jesus you're so good you know like seeing it in the way that they depict it or going on a prayer walk or 
I think for me, like when I have those moments of spark, the the pressure that I was putting on the world immediately switches. Mm. Like it's almost like the people that go to Jesus, they're not like kind of healed. They're healed. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I can see a little bit or I can walk kindness. Like, no, he's leaping. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's running home. He he the his skin is clear. Like you're not kinda better, you know? Um and I and I can tell that when my rhythm is daily deposits of that, it just feels like I am, again, not feeling love, but I'm living it out because I, I've got that access that's consistent. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I um, I feel like now having a two-year-old and working full-time, sometimes my brain is like just on overdrive. Like mm-hmm. literally I wake up in the mornings and I feel like I'm sometimes just have the whole world in my brain. <laughs> um, and so those rhythms in the mornings are life-giving. I don't always nail it, but I definitely have some that I've found like I just need this or else I'm kind of insane all day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the mornings, I definitely need to wake up a good amount of time before my daughter does so I can, so I don't feel like I'm on that ticking time bomb, like mercy of the monitor kind of quiet times. Um But something kind of that you alluded to, Toya, is like focusing on God's presence that already is here rather than scrambling to find it. I think sometimes I can approach reading like, okay, what do I need to read in order to connect with God in order to find him? And God's like, well, I'm I'm already here. So notice me right here. And even in just in my own body and in my own breathing and in my mind kind of sometimes it sounds silly, but sometimes I hold my hand out and just... He's sitting right next to me holding my hand and mm. like he is here so I don't need to reach far right um, and I've definitely embraced guided prayers in this season of my life like I have a, a, a notebook where I've collected a lot of different prayers from either books I've read or from the Psalms or other scriptures um, and a lot of times I'll kind of open that notebook and go to one or f- flip to a random one and kind of meditate on that prayer, say it out loud. But this is definitely a season of my life where kind of like workout classes, I'm like, just tell me what to do. Like, I'm not going the self-guided route. I'm going the the instructor (laughs) route. Like, sometimes with prayer, it's the same way where it's like just someone, if someone can help guide my brain, that really helps me to, um, yeah, to recite prayers uh, has been really special for me. And I try to read books that slow my brain down and draw my heart out. This is not my time of like doing a deep theological dive on like Mm. the order of Melchizedek. Mm. Um, This is my time of reading books like Gentle and Lowly, right? Like books that kind of is not information overload, but it really draws my heart out. Um, And I've just had to really lean into that and embrace that instead of once again, relying on myself to get spiritual. but yeah, even a prayer practice that I found is kind of a mind training prayer practice is uh, not turning my good news into bad news. Because often if I'm feeling really anxious, I realize that it's really just me complaining about a lot of blessings in my life. <laughs> um, not to say, you know, there aren't valid things, but um, to be able to go, wait a second, at the core of this issue that I'm concerned about, it is a gift. Like this person is a gift to me or this challenge is a gift to me. I'm glad I'm in it. And being able to find the good news and take out the bad news and kind of one by one entrust them to God, that has really helped me in the mornings um, before starting out my day. So 
And the mornings that I don't nail it, which is often, I remember I can do mind training whenever, at any point in the day. So sure. whenever I can, I try to do it, even if it wasn't a great morning with that. I love your attitude. I love your, to me, Brie, you're kind of like a person that's swimming in the grace. You know, you're just, and I know you just shared you had to work to get there, but I love that. I'm in a very different stage of life with my son being ready to move out. He's already talking about getting his own apartment. And so, you know, in the morning, I'm able to sit there and enjoy a full cup of coffee. And this is, it, it kind of blows my mind that I'm at this stage, but I, I am enjoying it, enjoying it, I have to confess. But, you know, I can sit there with my coffee and I can pray and journal as long as my schedule will allow that day. But the distractions are still there. Like the other day I caught myself, I sat down in my quiet time chair under my big bay window with my cup of coffee. And next thing I know, I'm on Pinterest. Like, what am I, you know, and <laughs> it, it was like five all. minutes later. I'm like, what am I doing? I My Bible's right there. My notebook's right there. What am I doing? So all those distractions, you know, or even just the distractions of our mind, the to-do list that's constantly running in my mind. Um, so I really appreciate all that you're sharing, Bree. I think it's super, super helpful. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, we have a wide range of listening and a, a listening base of different life stages and ages. And I think that I love what you said about, like, um, the difference between, like, you know, a self-guided workout and a guided workout, right? Like, the freedom to say there might be a season of life where I just need tell me what to do. Like, I need some guided ideas. And, you know, I think one of the things that sets all of us up to win is when we, whatever life stage we're in, is to be able to find what works for me, right? Like, what are the things that, whether it's worship music or um, whether it's the guided prayer or whether it's reading, you know, like, what is the thing that really, and sometimes it takes a while to find the end, sometimes that changes, right? Sometimes you connect with something and then, something happens and you're like, I, I need to change <laughs> the recipe a little bit. Um, but I think it's important. I want to encourage all of our listeners, whether whatever life stage you're in, is that that is a priority. Like like finding and knowing what helps you to thrive spiritually is not a luxury. Like I know there's this narrative of like as a, as a mom of littles, it's like, oh, I got to go to the grocery store by myself or I got to take a shower. Like, <laughs> wow, like what a joy, you know? Um, but those are not luxuries, right? Like, like a shower is not a luxury. It is, you know, but mm. I think spiritually asking ourselves, what are we treating like a luxury? Like, am I treating, oh, I got to have a time in my Bible. It's like, no, I, I cannot do my life <laughs> without this. This mm. is not a luxury. And I wanted to give um, you all and even ask you in a second some Bible study ideas, um, again, as a guided effort to say, hey, if you can't think of what should I read, here are some things that I have studied out in a second. Um, hopefully, Brie, you can share some that have really, like, stayed with me. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you read something, you're like, okay, that was awesome. Like, the book of Numbers, very meaningful. Thank you for that. <laughs> but like there are passages and things that I've studied out that have walked with me and protected me long after mm -hmm. I'm done reading about it. And one of one of my, my first favorite one is Jesus's interaction with women in the Gospels. Mm -hmm. I have a chart with four side with, you know, quadrants and there's four Gospels. And I spent a significant amount of time reading every Gospel and every time there was a woman, even if it just said she. I wrote down what that interaction was like. And the reason that's one of my favorites is because I have a guilty conscience. 
So I can be going through life or doing something and the tone that I hear Jesus talking to me in can be harsher than what Jesus did in the scriptures. Mm. So I look back or I think back at that chart and I'm like, there's no research to prove Jesus would ever deal with me like this. Mm. Zero, Mm. nothing close to it. Like he is Mm -hmm. above and beyond the way that he interacts with women um, is incredibly different. Um, And and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I should do that in the Old Testament. You know, (laughs) like I love the Old Testament, you know, but I think that safeguards me when I feel Satan beating me up and, and, you know, doing the Matthew four, trying to talk to me Mm. Mm-hmm. using scripture well don't you know and aren't you supposed to and I'm like whoa 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 when I research Jesus and women he doesn't talk to me like this so now I know everything attached to those sentences is a lie mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so studying out Jesus's interaction with women in the gospels was huge another one was Jesus's response to people who were found in sin or found in the wrong in scripture because um, again what happens when we sin? To your point, we want to create immediate distance. Mm-hmm. We, our instinct is to separate. And Jesus' response in scripture is insanely different. Mm-hmm. Like he is like, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to advocate for you. I'm not going to condemn you. You know, like mm-hmm. his voice is just very different. Even we see that in the garden where they sin and he's like, where are you? Like he initiates reconciliation. He gives them clothes when they didn't need it. You know, like he's going to. He's just, he has a very different tone. And if we can do our research in scripture, we can kind of protect ourselves moving forward. Mm-hmm. The last one I'll throw out is the questions that Jesus asked people. Um, one of my favorites being like, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a very open-ended question, Lord. Mm-hmm. Now I have to think about it, you know, but I think you get to see he, although all knowing, wants the conversation, mm-hmm. you know, like he will ask them questions knowing the answer because he's Jesus but he wants the conversation. And so I'm thinking about something or feeling something. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, have I told Jesus this yet? I know he knows it, but have I told him? Am Mm. I being known by him? And so those are some of my favorite things that I've studied out that safeguard me. I mean, this Bible study with the women was probably four years ago, but to this day, it it helps a ton. Um, What are some of the studies, Brie, that you've had that really have made an impact? Yeah, um, definitely have a few. I was going to say with the Jesus and Women study, that was one of the things that made me want to date my husband Mm -hmm. was he shared with me a study, a really in-depth study he did on every interaction with Jesus and women. And I said, hmm, piqued my interest (laughs) in this guy a little bit more. Um, But yeah, one of my my favorite ones that stuck with me was a while ago, I studied through specifically in John every time that Jesus – mentions his own view of himself or his relationship with God directly. Like I wanted to get an insight on like, how, how do you view yourself, Jesus? Like what's your identity and how do you talk about you and God personally? And it really amazed me that in like within a few chapters, it was like hundreds. I mean, John is like stock full of it. Um, that was a really special one, just kind of really looking for glimpses of his personal kind of view of himself. Um, other ones are, yeah, every time Jesus says, don't be afraid, or even every time God says it as well in the Old Testament, um, that is a lot in the Bible. Um, don't be afraid is like one of the most repeated commands. Uh, I think there's probably a reason for that. Um, every time Jesus mentions someone's faith, I think Mm -hmm. that's a big theme in the gospels is him saying, Hey, your faith has healed you or like daughter, your faith has made you well. Um, I think that's really important for us to see how Jesus talks about our faith. Um, also, 
even finding different psalms where the author uses mind training techniques. Mm. You know, the other day I was reading Psalm 42 and I noticed it where he said, man, I'm so deeply discouraged and sad. And then it's verse eight. He says, by day, every day, the Lord pours his unfailing love on me. And by night, he directs my heart. This is a song to the God of my life beautiful line mm. and it's right in the midst of like I'm deeply discouraged mm. and uh and I see that as in that case David you just see him being that man after God's own heart of like I am looking for proof that God is for me even when it doesn't feel like it so mm. looking for psalms and prayers like that that have that kind of mind training aspect in it um and then there's a lot of books I've read that have really helped me a lot one in particular I want to mention is this book called 1,000 Gifts by Anne Voskamp. I don't know mm-hmm. if either of you have read it, but um, I read it during COVID. It was, yeah, March 2020 time while you were at the beach looking <laughs> at dolphins. Um, but it, um, it sparked me on this journey of practicing gratitude that I don't say this dramatically. I really mean it. I think it changed my life, um, this practice of finding the gifts of God every day throughout the day. Um, how that changes your worldview. That was a really big book for me. Mm. These are such great ideas to inspire us to dig more into the scriptures. And I'll just add, don't be afraid to study the same thing more than once. You know, over 32 years of being a, a Christian, I can't tell you the number of times I've studied out trusting God or God's love. And, you know, a couple years go by and you study out a it again and it can mean something entirely different to where you are um, but thanks so much for sharing these are like great great ideas for us to take into our times with God so as we close here Brie can you maybe just give us a final thought on why this topic is so important and any, any other thoughts you have that you want our listeners to cling to as they walk out with this idea of living loved mm. Yeah, um, I'll read this quote from this book. It's called Life of the Beloved by Henry Nowen. Nowen? I had to look up how to pronounce it. It's definitely Henri, but not here. Um, But here's a quote from this book. He says, The words, you are my beloved, reveal the most intimate truth about all human beings, whether they belong to any particular tradition or not. Self-rejection is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life. Because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us the beloved. Being the beloved expresses the core truth of our existence. Um, I think what we believe about how God feels about us holds the most power in our lives than Mm -hmm. anything else. And we have to be willing to work on those beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if if God is love, like 1 John 4 says, then having a relationship with God without being willing to accept his love and work on those beliefs is unrealistic, as in it's not connected to reality, right? He is love, um, and it's unsustainable. We'll totally burn out. Um, So I hope if you're listening right now, you can take a moment to notice that right here and right now, you could not be more loved than you are. God can handle whatever you need to wrestle through with him. You're not too complicated for him. It's the greatest piece of advice someone has ever given me. Um, And God doesn't want us to be afraid. Mm -hmm. Amen. I love that. And I, I I appreciate the quote from the book, too, because I think, you know, that idea of self-rejection being the greatest enemy, a lot of us, whether from internal reasons or external experiences, we can live that out a little bit easier than living loved, than living delighted in, than living 
this out. And I actually wanted to take a moment to read First John 4 um, because I do think that, and I, I want to encourage all of you to, when you, you know, this podcast ends in a second here, whether today or tomorrow, take a second and read First John 4. And as you read it, the whole chapter, as you read it, ask, your, like, ask yourself, what am I feeling as I read it? Like, what parts do I believe? What parts do I not believe? What parts make me nervous? What parts make me want to be like Peter and go, oh, instinct, back up. This is getting too deep. You know, like <laughs> hear your heart as you read First John 4 and as it reads you. Um, but this is one of my favorite passages about love as we end here discussing living love is First John 4, starting in verse uh, 17. It says, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Um, and I just love this passage, this idea that love and punishment are not, they, they don't go together. <laughs> mm. um, and this, this instinctual reaction to God's love, it's almost like it's, it's too good to be true. Therefore, we're like, it can't be true. Mm-hmm. But it's the truest thing. Um, and, and to your point, Brie, the way that we see God seeing us will dictate how we exist in mm-hmm. time and space. And so mm-hmm. I appreciate everything you shared. Mm-hmm. Powerful. So powerful. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And let's close out in a prayer. God, uh, we are just so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for wanting us to be your daughters, for just uh, reaching down and scooping us up and putting your arms around us and hugging us. And I just have this image of crawling up into your lap and just feeling your arms around me. And, and I love that you choose to be that kind of God. You could choose to be any kind of God, but you choose to be the father, the, the perfect father that none of us have ever had. And the father that loves us and wants us to feel grace and mercy and and just never ending love you truly do want us to to have a life that that sums up that phrase living loved and god we're so grateful for that and as we go through the the rest of february i pray that we can just really take this with us every day that we know that Um, you are proud of us, that you want us to succeed, that you are teaching us as a good father does, and you are guiding us. And we are so grateful. We're so grateful for the the numerous gifts you give us that that we don't deserve, and yet we know that you want to shower on us. I, I pray that we really dig into our times with you, and we uh, take to heart some of these ideas, and and really maybe refresh our time with you. Uh, Thank you for being the God who loves us. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. And I thank you for each and every woman who's listening to this today. In your son's name I pray, amen. Amen. We'll see you next month at the well. Thanks for joining our conversation today at the well. If you're in the Atlanta area the first week of March, we'd love to invite you to our Women's Day on March 9th at 7.30 here at the North River Campus. Women from all around the area will be coming together to worship, fellowship, and dive into the treasure that is God's kingdom. See the flyer in our show notes, and we hope to see you there.